and welcome to Useless, a podcast where we take the world's most random and useless knowledge and absorb as much information as possible. I'm Nora Noble. And I'm Kevin Bumgardner. Each week we pick a different topic and explain it to you. Together we are a font of useless information that only does us good at parties or mixers. Now, we're not experts of any kind, least of all in our own fields of work and study. So like you always should with strangers on the internet, take everything we say with a grain of salt. And hey, maybe one day you can be useless too. Oh, how okay. I missed her sweet voice. We missed her sweet, beautiful voice. All right, you're recording in progress. What? <laughs> recording in progress. That was actually decently close. Thank you. Yeah, have you ever thought about voice acting? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Hello and welcome back to Useless. I'm your muse, Nora Noble. And I'm <laughs> I've the one who forgot that we do this sometimes. <laughs> Kevin Bob Gardner. <laughs> welcome back, Ryder. How was that ride? And I am Mort from Madagascar pretending if he was Voldemort. The boy who li- I can't even do it right now. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Okay, the boy who lived has come to die. King Julian. King Julian. So, you know, it's been crazy. Just wild. It's been so long. We missed our one year anniversary. We also had like that big coming back tour and then. And then we hopped off that train. Yeah. We had a whole album. Hey, listen, (laughs) if Taylor Swift gets to release Reputation and then release a bunch of content and then just disappear for eight months like she is right now, we get to do it too. Yes. And by a whole bunch of content, I mean like three episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So life updates, I guess. We need to do a quick little life update thing. I am on new medication and it is doing wonders. So I am more motivated, more productive more organized so hopefully we can stay on this train a little bit longer this time around and i am da, 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 bisexual <laughs> no way i'm bipolar oh my, we're cousins oh my god we're basically have never made a decision in our life no sick nasty i am like three days away from being a doctor or whatever that's hot yeah Get that daddy money yeah no mm-mm. not even close residency is um I mean, it's pharmacy residency, so it's only one year, but farm residency is, does not pay anything close to mm. like pharmacy money and pharmacist money does not pay anywhere close to like doctor money. Mm. Like we don't get me wrong. Like I'll be fine. Like, it's like, going to be good. Money. But like, yeah. just say I'm hoping that student loans cancellations come during residency and before I go into pharmacy because I might be like right on that threshold of if he would decide to means test which like Joe Biden don't fucking do that (laughs) bitch but yeah that's it I'm just studying for boards and it sucks I work at a school no longer at Cedar Point I don't have to go to school anymore which is very nice but very nice I don't think you ever said Cedar Point in the past did you I think it was like I always thought it was like yeah, the theme park TM. Yeah. Well, I used to work at Cedar Point. I will likely not be going back anytime soon. I'm certainly not going back this year. Why not? They only work you like a hundred hours a week. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, ever- the the reason is because I only get six weeks off in the summer. 
pull yourself up by the bootstraps, work a hundred hours a week, get your fucking ass up and work. It's like, no one wants to even work these days. My first week here at the school, I worked 44 hours, which was significantly less than what I had been working. And my boss came down to check on me. He's like, Hey, I saw on your timesheet that like you worked a little extra. Are you okay? Are we overworking you? And I was like, yo, yo, this was nothing. God, that reminds me. I follow, this is just a quick story. I follow um, someone on TikTok named a Walmart parking lot. And she has that because she's a teacher and like, I don't know, she doesn't have like a real name. Well, she was a teacher, but now she posts TikToks now about how she quit in the middle of the school year because her administration treated her very badly. Mm. And now she works in real estate and she just has all of this like teacher PTSD of like, hey, so like I need to print in color. Like, do I need to like have credits for that? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just print. Or she's like, yeah. oh, um, so I have to do, I have a meeting at from 12 to 1230 and my lunch is usually 12 to 1230. So is it okay if I take it from like 1231? And they're like, why would we care? What do you, shut up. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, cool. I will say I have a significant amount of freedom at this job. Like, I know it's a very big school. Like, there are 4,000 kids just in this building. But it's like a corporation. So, like, there's a board and everything. And, like, Mm -hmm. I know that, like, on a big scale level, I don't matter that much. But to my, like, direct department head and everything who is one of the teachers, he does care. I'm just, like, adjacent staff. Like, I help teach but I'm not a teacher because you're like half teacher from what I've like gathered you're like kind of a teacher but like obviously not licensed for to be a teacher but also like I take the advanced tech kids and we do more like hands-on stuff so like there's an intro class where they learn about like all the lighting and sound and stuff basics and then the advanced class I take and I'm like okay now we're gonna go do the stuff like we're gonna build the set for the musical you're gonna so you're like the woodshop the really cool woodshop teacher who has a missing finger I am the technical director. So you're like, you're basically, you are the no, theater, yeah. you're the theater school version of the, the really cool woodshop teacher that everyone likes, even though he's probably not licensed and was really just the only person they could get in there to be okay around the big saws. And mm-hmm. he's missing a finger. I, I mean, I'm not missing fingers yet. I am. I do have a blister on this pointer finger, and then I do have a significant cut on this finger. You also got like real bad rope burn or something at one point. Oh my God, the rope burn was so bad. I have, I don't have a, I was going to say I don't have a scar, but I think I actually do, or it's another blister. I can't tell. But otherwise, like, you could not tell that I absolutely jacked out my hands. And you're like, this kids is why we wear gloves. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm. <laughs> I was in a bit of a shock after it happened and I was with a student when I got like very bad rope burn, but thankfully he is like first aid trained. He's doing like, it's called career center. Like he's doing like firefighting stuff and all this stuff. So he knows first aid stuff and he was, we treated my hands and all that stuff. But I was like, yo, if I wasn't just like absolutely mortified in this moment, this is low key funny because I harp all the time on safety things. And then the one time that I didn't have my protective equipment, the one time well, it's our fly would, rail fucking runs away. I would have done the same thing. Like a big, big expensive thing falling, monkey brain grab rope. Like it's not, Oh yeah. you know, it's not awful. 
No, um, it was just like my immediate reaction when I saw the rope going is to grab it, even though I know don't do that. <laughs> shall we? Shall we go Greek and get into it? Uh, my big fat useless wedding. I just had yes. to say it. Okay, <laughs> go for it. I actually titled this in the name of the moon goddess. I'll punish you because I've been on a Sailor Moon kick. I need to watch Sailor Moon, but we've segued. We can't talk about it. We can't. Okay, talk about I'm just gonna say my segued. my two senses. It's a little fucked up. I've heard most anime is though, but yeah, it's it's good. I enjoy it. It's very like nostalgic for me. It's a little fucked up. A little fucked up. Cool, 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 cool. So let's dive right in. So my topic is Greek punishment myths because harder daddy. But <laughs> I I have here the basics. So things that most people know about, you know, their Greek mythologies. There were Titans before there were gods. Zeus I just want to say I purposely didn't react to that because I don't want to reward you for, for my jokes. funny jokes. You don't want to reward me for my funny jokes. For you want to be daddy. the funnier host. You said harder daddy in a public school. Just putting that out there. Continue. You're disgusting. Stop. Where was I? Damn it, Kevin. Why did you do this? Okay. You said Titans. Yes, there are the Titans that came before the gods. There is the 12 main pantheon. Zeus, Poseidon, Hera, Demeter, Ares, Athena, Artemis, Apollo, Aphrodite, Dionysus, Hermes, and Hephaestus. Sometimes Hades or Hestia are also thrown in on this pantheon. The main six, Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, Hades, Hestia, and Demeter are the children of Rhea and Kronos. And then there's the cycle of sons overthrowing their fathers. Kronos overthrew his father. Zeus overthrew his father. There was a prophecy that Zeus's sons would overthrow him. It's a whole thing. Thinking about... So in the video game Hades, where was Hestia? Because all oh, of the other gods are there, right? Yeah. Like that you just said. I like recognized all of them, but I didn't see here remember Hestia. So Hestia is the virginal goddess of like home and hearth. And I don't know how that might have been a gaming decision that there's not a really good way to incorporate be power-ups from her. Yeah. Home and hearth. I don't know. Just it, yeah. Listen, we get to play Animal Crossing down there. Maybe her power-ups are like your gems are worth more or something. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. You get to uh, just like from like chairs. a quick, just from like a quick thought process end of it though. Like I couldn't think of anything that would be like a good little power up for Hestia. Cause like yeah. her domain is not something that you can like. that tangible or like. Yeah. Not very like easily gamified. That makes sense. Unless yeah. it's a, uh, you know, animal crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gods are also known to be human-like each having different domains and controls and powers but also very like petty and not exactly fair. Were you like, what are the like Greek mythology kids growing up? I, okay. I always wanted to be, I wasn't, I never read Percy Jackson, but it's on Neither my list to read now. Same. I, I've been like craving some like do you know it's a musical? Greek mythology. Yes, I do. And I've heard it's, it's really like good. low key good. It's really good. I've been like craving some like Greek mythology podcasts that are hosted by like normal people that just like, mm-hmm. Talk about the different myths. Haven't found one. Oh, I can send you one. Okay. That are like actually fun to listen to. But there's um, one that I've been other enjoying. than that. I've read, you know, I've read the Odyssey. I loved that. Like I we did a whole Greek mythology like chapter in like middle school, but I never got like into okay, it. So you and I'm getting into it now because of sexy eighties. Yes. So like you know you're you kind of know like the the basics, you know, like mm-hmm. I say Artemis, you know what she's like the goddess of and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. So like within Greek mythology at a whole as a whole there's a lot of like bigger myths that like we all kind of know even if we don't really know why we know them you know it's kind of that uh, collective conscious thing so like Prometheus he was bound to a rock liver eaten every day his crime was sharing fire with men 
Uh, he was a Titan. He fought with Zeus in the war against the Titans and the gods. But then Zeus found him willful and defiant and all that fun stuff. But apparently, I didn't know this bit. Apparently in mythology, he's later freed by a centaur who is seen as like like a father of medicine kind of thing. Chiron, Charon, however you want to say it. And Hercules. Charon, yeah. And Hercules helped free him. Hercules like killed the eagle and was like, this is fucked up. And then <laughs> the centaur was like in a lot of pain from being poisoned by Hercules on accident and was like, yo, I'll take your place. I would rather die right now. I am hurting so bad. And so like, that's that part of the myth I didn't know about, but we all know kind of that first part. And I'm just going to go through a few of like touchstone myths that everyone kind of knows some version mm-hmm. of because the big thing with mythology as well is that most of our touchstones for this mythology comes from things like the Aeneid and the Odyssey and stuff like that that aren't like there's not a lot of written history outside of like Homer's epic like there is but there's not a lot that gives us a lot of information because it was seen as like daily life basic stuff and within mythology Uh, Greek mythology, there's a lot of different versions because it's a lot of oral history. There are some that are written. There are some that are written differently in different places. It's all all over the place kind of thing, which you find with a lot of like ancient things, like even like Christianity and the Bible. Nobody 100% agrees on anything or everything. So depending on the version, some of our myths, Athena transformed Medusa into a Gorgon for defiling her temple. There are different versions of this. Some are that Medusa's always been a Gorgon. Others are Athena punished her for essentially being raped in her temple. What? Hold on. I know they're pretty fun. Uh, what? Yeah. What? What? How okay. is that? Okay. So, 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 stricken by love for this maiden that worked in Athena's temple, Medusa. She was beautiful, lovely, all this stuff. And so he forced himself on her in her temple. Athena, who is a virginal goddess, was like, that's not allowed, but you can't exactly punish another god. And so punished Medusa to never be attractive again, essentially turned her hair to snakes. So that way no man would ever bother her again. There are different readings of that of like, oh, it was a favor because like she couldn't do anything against Poseidon, but she could at least help this woman never be hurt by a man again. And then Perseus happened and came and killed her. But isn't that like everything that, uh, who is this art? Athena? Athena. Isn't this like everything that bitch does? Like she's like, well, or is that Hera? She's like, Zeus is out cheating again. And instead of being mad at Zeus, I'm going to let, oh, okay. never mind. That's all I know is that like, Hera. Zeus and Hera are the married couple. And he, like he's uh, he can't keep it in his pants. And then she's like, well, my husband slept with you. So instead of being mad at my husband, I'm going to like turn you into a goat. Yeah. Play. Like, wh- uh, hello. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of these myths are not exactly fair. Gods are not known for their justness. They're making known for Twitter. their path, their wrath and their pettiness. I'm making a Twitter account that where I post am I the asshole stories from Reddit, but it's just Greek, Greek mythology. Myths. Yes. Anyways. Another common one, Demeter cursed, can never say the name, Escherthion, who was a king with insatiable hunger for his hubris and in his hubris cutting down one of the trees from her sacred grove for a banquet table. His curse was to be at a table that is like always full, but he's insatiable. Like he can't, like not be hungry 
essentially ravenous forever. Hera cursing various mistresses. Artemis turned, I can't think of his, Actaeon, I can't say it, Tian, turned a hunter into a deer because he had the misfortune of accidentally catching her while she was bathing in a pool. Like she was just like taking a bath and he was like, oh shit, sorry. And like, she was like, oh, fuck you. You saw me naked, turned him into a deer. And then his own dogs hunted him down and killed him. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Like, yeah. That is just like wrong place, wrong time. Like, big time. Oh my God. Like, it's I know. A, I it's know very similar the, with the Curse of Echo. I know that the Greek myths are fucked up, but like every time I hear them, I'm just like, like, why? Who there's a is decent this chunk like, that are like, this? yeah, there's a decent chunk that are like wrong place, wrong time. Like, I don't have this one listed, but the Curse of Echo, she was a nymph that was like known for being witty and all this stuff. And then she, wasn't i don't think but one of the other nifts was having an affair with zeus echo went to like get more wine or something and then happened to like run into hera and was like oh my god i'm so sorry but like hera punished her anyway that she could only ever speak when spoken to and could only repeat what was said to her so that's why echo and then she fell in love with narcissus who fell in love with himself and then drowned listen all the way to that one like, <laughs> nurse i am narcissus myself in my zoom window is, is my pool. Is my, is my little pool. I do, be, I do be staring at myself and well, this whole time. Understandable. There's Sisyphus, who was cursed to push a boulder uphill every day for the rest of his life. Or not the rest of his life, but for eternity. But here, on, contrary to the game Hades, Sisyphus was a bad person. Like, he was a bad dude. Like, would kill travelers or just, like, people in general just for, like, funsies. Like, he was a king who was a very bad person and nobody did anything. Like, all the gods are like, ah, damn, that sucks. What happened was, is that Sisyphus tattled on Zeus to Hera about his latest affair with a nymph. And Zeus was like, hey, man, not cool. Fuck you. And then cursed him to push a boulder uphill for the rest of eternity. Uh, (laughs) Sisyphus is a good guy to me. Just like Elizabeth Holmes is a good person, which I will... Okay. Be doing an episode on because like girl boss slay girl boss slay sisyphus to me listen yeah. he okay so he caught so what he caught an affair going on he's not a bad person i mean the murders i don't care I, that didn't happen that's slander and libel and preposterous okay. <laughs> now listen hades that was the only character they didn't make sexy and they just made him fun and happy. Okay, Boldy. Well, you know what? Boldy was a little sexy. I'm going to shut up. We're done. We're done. We're done with this train of thought. Some last little myths to throw in here is the myth of Cassandra who agreed to sleep with Apollo in turn for the gift of foresight then didn't keep up her end of the bargain. So Apollo was like, you know what? Instead of taking it away from you, I'm going to make it so nobody ever believes you. And so like she was, you know, forever frustrated. The... Minth was a nymph who said she was more beautiful than Persephone. And so Demeter was like, oh, bet, and turned her into a plant. And then Danilu's daughters, this one's a big unfair one. And this one's big fucked up. Danilu had 50 daughters and his brother had 50 sons. And so his brother, who was the king, was like, oh, our kids should get married. And Danilu was like, no, they shouldn't. That's fucked up. But because his brother was the king, he was like, no, we're going to do it anyway. And so Donalu told his daughters, he was like, hey, wedding night, 
kill your husbands. And they were like, okay, dad. Yeah, that makes sense. 49 out of the 50 of them did do that. They killed their husbands on their wedding night. And then so the 49 of them, rather than their father or their uncle or their cousin husbands, they were the ones cursed with the sin. And so they were tasked with filling a basin and washing themselves in the river sticks to absolve themselves of their sin. But the basin doesn't hold water. Slay. So they are, they can't undo the sin. So they always have to go fetch water, but by the time they bring it back to wash, it's empty. Oh, there's holes in the bucket yeah. and they're like, it's like trying to sweep the ocean, you know? Yeah, that kind you of thing. You know what? 49 out of 50 of them? Slay. Slay queen. Slay queen. Yeah. Boots house down Houston embassies. <laughs> I get it. I would. Yeah. They're like, kill your brother. Listen, that... Kill your family tree is going to be as fucked up as the British royalty family tree, which I still do not understand. (laughs) It's a straight line. The branch doesn't fall far from the branch because the branch is a straight line. I think you're thinking of the Habsburgs, but that's chill. No, the royalty is in, it's a conspiracy. Okay. Listen, even, okay. In ancient times, at least like medieval royalty. King Henry, the whatever with the eight wives, like all of his children were marrying each other. I know that could be demonstrably false, but I'm just going to go with it because (laughs) I have white man podcast confidence. Yes, whatever makes you happy at the end of the day. All right, so to get into the meat of it, I pulled one, two, three, four punishment myths. I have like three big ones and then one like smaller one. I might not go through all of them or all of it. It's just kind of what spoke to me. Of the four that I pulled that I wanted to talk a little bit more about, the first one is about Niobe, who was a queen. She was beautiful and like of, you know, very good lineage, which was like the whole big thing for the Greeks. Like her mother was a goddess. I don't remember which one and I didn't write it down because I thought I would remember it. But there is a festival called Latona or something like that. That is a festival for Leto who was Zeus's first affair before he like married Hera, who is the mother of Apollo and Artemis. And so there's a big festival in her honor and then in honor of her kids. But Niobe, the queen was like, I don't understand why we're having this big festival for a goddess that we have never seen, who's never done anything for us when I am far more beautiful, more tangible. She only had two kids. I have seven sons and seven daughters. And like essentially banned the this festival from like her lands and was like no nope we're not celebrating a goddess if we're not celebrating me also like very very over arrogant over proud hubris and prideful so artemis and apollo got wind of this and was like yo that's our fucking mom you can't <laughs> hey yo i know yo, we're weak but we're Italian. That's my mom. That's my fucking ma ma come on ma I'm- And Leto had suffered significantly for her children. She, like, before they were married and Hera was like, yo, actually, I hate her. Kicked her off Mount Olympus. Did not give Leto permission to give birth anywhere where there was, like, land. And so she had to find, like, a floating island to give birth after wandering the earth for, like, two years or something like that. Was nearly, like, raped by a giant that Hera had sent and, like had like suffered significantly. And so Apollo and Artemis were rightfully like very protective of their mother. And so they caught wind of this and they were like, yo, that's fucked up. And so their revenge, their punishment was 
they're also known as the archers because they're both very skilled archers. Apollo killed all seven sons by bow and arrow. And then Artemis, not to be outdone, did the same to the daughters. And then funeral rites are a big thing for the Greeks. They turned everybody in the town to stone for nine days so that they could not be buried for, you know, nine days. Niobe was left with her dead children for that time. If I were the Greeks, mm-hmm. I would have simply gone to therapy. <laughs> or like we'll do the most. an SSRI or something. Because what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Men will turn you to stone and kill your seven sons before they go to therapy. Literally. <laughs> for what? And for what? Like, because she dissed their mom. Like, I'm mad at you. Okay. So instead of, that's like, has the same energy as like so a woman fucking subtweets about you. So you go key your car. Like, except instead of key, no, not even keying your car, you'll fucking let her bird, her pet bird out and kill it or something i don't fucking know that's insane i don't even know where i was going with that because i'm very irritated about what the fuck this is just oh if you want to talk about unfair punishments so the next one is marseilles so athena goddess of wisdom and war and all of these things and like crafts essentially she has a very like interesting i could do a whole thing just on athena but she has a whole interesting kind of dichotomy to her domain and everything as she is both the divine feminine, but the divine masculine in a sense as well with wisdom and war. But anyway, she invented the flute and wasn't good at it. And so the gods were like, yo, this sucks. And like threw it off Mount Olympus. And this dude, Marseus, he found it and he mastered the flute. He was a beautiful, amazing, talented musician And so he traveled all around, got all of this money and like fame and notoriety for being masterful at this new instrument that the gods had invented. And so naturally with that came a big ego. And with his big ego, which is a common theme amongst these myths, is that he challenged Apollo to a music contest. And Apollo is a god of music. And so Marseus was like, you play on your lyre, I'll play on my flute. And there were divine judges and all that stuff to be like, we'll crown the winner. But one of the conditions was whoever wins gets to do one thing to the other. Just like whatever you wanted to do to the other, you could do. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so Marseus starts playing the flute and it's masterful and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And then Apollo joins in and he immediately kind of takes over this melody. Like he starts originally like playing along in the background and just kind of supplementing and then slowly taking over. And it's very clear that Apollo wins this competition between the two of them because eventually Marseus is like so awestruck by the beauty of Apollo's playing that he stops playing. And so Apollo wins. Would you like to know what he does to Marseus? Absolutely. Do you want to take a quick guess or you want me to just tell you? Does he, let's see, I don't know. It's going to be something fucked up, like cuts off his hands and replaces them with flowers and then makes it so that he can only breathe only breathe underwater so he can never play the water flute again or something like that i'm sure good guess he flays the man alive (laughs) (laughs) oh right obviously right yeah because that's what happens when you challenge serena williams to a tennis competition and then (laughs) serena williams gets to flay Flay you alive yeah so he flays marseilles alive and that's his punishment i'm assuming he dies immediately after because that's kind of what my research on the myth ended kind of ended there Hmm. So That'll get the next, 
The next on my myth list and is another one of my favorites. I shouldn't say favorites. It's just another one I find interesting because it's also another Athena myth because she is, like I said, the virginal goddess of wisdom and war, but she's also associated with peacetime and handicrafts such as weaving and spinning, like very feminine things. But there was this mortal woman named Arachne who was a crafter and was an amazing weaver and was very, I don't want to say boastful. Most accounts are that she was like very much like, oh, I'm just like really good. Like I'm just blessed. She wasn't exactly very egotistical, but eventually did start to boast that her weavings were better than Athena's. Probably like, yo, come buy my weavings better than Athena's. Now only $10.99, you know? That's what I like to think of it. <laughs> but as these things go, Athena caught wind of this and decided to a challenge Rachne. Sometimes it's the other way around where one of the gods is like, yo, what up? And they're like, I challenge you, like with Marseus who challenged Apollo. But this is Athena going, oh, you want to talk shit? Back it up. So they had a weaving contest, which I'm not exactly sure how that works because I feel like weaving takes a very long time. So I, I, I'm not sure what how like- long it went. What were the criteria for that? Like, if we, have a, if we have a crochet contest, is it like whoever can crochet the most rows? Is it whoever makes the best mushroom? Like, I think it would just be like the most beautiful weaving. Are we weaving baskets? Are we weaving clothes? No, like, like tapestry. Oh. Oh. Like a tapestry weaving. <laughs> so, like, on Bitch, the loom. You're a god, just killer. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> Well, you're not well, a, you're not above it, obviously. So like, what's the deal? Like, why are yeah. we why are we playing this out? Like, yeah. she's gonna lose. So anyway, Athena challenges Arachne. They have this weaving contest. Athena wove a depiction of humans being punished for their hubris. Depending on the version, Arachne wove either the gods being unjust to humans, so kind of the opposite view of Athena's Zeus's latest affair who is I'll remind you Zeus's Athena's father so mm, just having your family's dirty laundry out there or just general amorous adventures of the gods so again that family laundry is out there seeing your cousin seeing somebody you know weave your cousin's dick Arachne kind of cleared her I'm not gonna lie like well that's the thing it's Either angry at the depiction or jealous of the amazing work or both, Athena destroyed the weaving before it was fully finished. Like she finished hers early and was like, oh, let's see how you're doing. Saw what it was and destroyed it. This is every fucking Disney Channel like TV show with like a bully. Like Mm. we're basically we're basically listening to Hannah Montana right now. (laughs) And uh, girls like, yeah. I mean, I'm of the mind that Athena was jealous that it was it was so beautiful and it was so good that she didn't want to be bested, you know, as a god. This is like for all the people out there who have never not had a cell phone. This is like when a woman posts a picture on Twitter and then a man calls her a fat, stupid hoe. And then that woman says, oh, that's not what I said to your mom when she's dead in the grave and like brings up her dead, his dead family members. And then the guy deletes mm. his account. That's what happened. Amazing. But this is not over yet. So out of shame for having challenged one of the gods or like been in a challenge and for, you know, not doing better or whatever you want to say, Arachne hung herself. And out of either out of pity or out of some form of sympathy, whatever, Athena cut her down 
and gave her a second chance of life as a spider so she could continue her weavings. And that is seen as where we get the term arachnid from is the story of arachne. So what? I hate it. Like, okay, also, (laughs) what was invented first? The word arachnid or the word, like, that's what I don't get is like, were these Greek myths, like, they didn't happen, right? Like, I'm guessing this did not happen in real life, right? I mean, there may have been some big weaving contest in the past where, like, somebody ended up dying because of shame or something. Like, But, like, okay, so... I'm of the mind that every myth has a grain of truth in there somewhere, you know? Like, it has to be based off of something. Well, it's kind of like the Bible. Like, no, God did not actually flood the world. Like, it's all... uh, you know, but there was a big flooded so, a large yeah. portion of the world kind of thing. It was actually yeah. an allegory teach lesson. So like, yeah. but this is like, I never understood about Greek myths. Like I'm assuming we're not just making them up now, but like these pr- date back to like the Greek God. Yes. Okay, so how, do, like, how do we still know all of these? Oral tradition, writing things down eventually, you know, uncovering temples and all sorts of different kind of ruins and artifacts that kind of we can piece together stories from okay yeah that i guess greek is a language that hasn't really changed that much either that makes sense i'm just like like that was so long ago i'm like and like you know the greek empire kind of it kind of it kind of fell off i mean greece was never an empire what romans were oh I don't know that I don't know my medieval European history very well. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Romans came after the Greeks. Greeks were a bunch of different city states. Oh, oh, psh, okay. I see. I always think Caesar was Rome. I always confuse the Romans and the Greeks because I also know some of the Roman gods because we did like. Well, because the Romans just kind of the Greek yeah. culture. And then why? Why do all of our planets get to be named after Roman gods and not Greek gods? I mean, it's just the Roman name for the Greek god. Jupiter, Zeus. Yeah, but like, why don't why is it not Zeus? You know, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be really weird to have a planet named Zeus. Well, to yeah, to you now. It just feels inherently hornier if that planet's name is Zeus rather than Jupiter. But like Venus, Venus is a horny name. That's Aphrodite. Aphrodite is not a horny name, and I'll die on that hill. (laughs) I think Venus, because everyone's like Venus, goddess, the woman, symbol of femininity and. Like, pleasure. Like, I don't know. I think Venus is, like, a worse name than Aphrodite. I would love a planet named Aphrodite. Hell yeah, take me there. I bet it's all pink and, like, great time. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I like the name Venus, but again, I'm on that Sailor Moon kick lately. So, like, Venus just, like, sounds, it rolls off the tongue, I think, nicer. Cool. I've got one last one, and then we can do all of our comments and follow-up questions. So, the biggest Greek myth that everybody knows, because he's zero to hero, what a hunk. Hercules. I, <laughs> I think you mean. Oh, no. I was thinking Achilles. Hunkules. Never mind. Hunkules. I was thinking Achilles. I was going to say I'm re- I started reading song. I literally was going to go, oh, I'm reading the gay book about that. But it's no. literally called Song of Achilles. So Yeah, no, I'm talking Hercules. <laughs> Achilles Hercules, is also another big one. But no, I'm talking Hercules because his is just interesting to me. So Hera hates Hercules with like every fiber of her being. She, Hercules is a living reminder, like actively of her failure and her husband's infidelity. Because what happened is Zeus tricked 
Amphitryon's wife, whose name I don't remember, into sleeping with him the same night that Amphitryon came back from war. And so she had twins, one for Zeus and one for her mortal husband. The brother's name is Iphicles. He's the mortal brother. Didn't I love much. Listen, this is a quick sidebar. I love how the Greeks pronounce, like they put their whole everything in a pronouncing. Iphicles, someone in baseball, there's a character named Loot Crates. Yeah. Pronounced like Socrates. Lucrates. Lutocrates. Yes. Yes. And I just yeah. think like, I'd love how the Greeks do shit. Like Ithacles, hell yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Like it rolls. They, they know how to, they know how to name. Yes. So the reason why Hercules' name was Hercules or Heracles or Heracles, however you want to say it, everyone says it differently. Hercules was named in honor of Hera in an attempt to appease her. Would you like to know how well that went? It did not work. She sent snakes to kill him. You know, so that part what, of the movie. <laughs> listen, how could naming your bastard child after your wife that you cheated on be a bad idea? No, Zeus had nothing to do with Hercules other than like siring him. Amphitryon and his wife are like, we want to honor Hera because we realize like Zeus did this so we're gonna name the child after her as an attempt to be like we have no ill will please forgive us that's even more fucked up that is that is worse that is somehow even worse than what i thought Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it was infantryan's wife probably trying to be like please don't kill me i'm so sorry he tricked me again i would just simply go to therapy or like talk to someone so sidebar real quick my favorite playwright Donzelitis has a play it's called like the big greek spectaculathon or something and there is a part in there where chronos and gaia go to therapy and it's low-key pretty funny i forgot about the arbitrary beef with Donzelitis. <laughs> oh the the theater teacher here she is well aware of my opinions of Donzelitis and she thinks it's very funny that he had me blocked on Twitter for as long as he did. <laughs> I, and the fact that Donzelitis has you blocked is like the source of the beef because like it wasn't beef until he blocked you. It was yeah. just like, hey, I've seen a billion of your shows and they're all grained into my, like after working at Disney. Okay. That's not true. I was going to say after working at Disney, people aren't still Disney kids. They are Disney. People are crazy. Don't at me. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like after eating at a restaurant, if you work at Olive Garden for six years, you're not going to want more Olive Garden. Yeah. But Olive Garden doesn't block its servers for being like, Hey, the Alfredo sauce isn't that great. I don't know what kind of analogy you're trying to make here. So I'm just going to keep going. No, I'm um, saying because like, well, you yeah. didn't have beef with tonsillitis. You were just like, hey, I've seen a billion of your shows and I, I'm i tired of them. And tonsillitis is like, fuck you. And Remember you. when we were supposed to do an interview with him and that yes. never went anywhere? And that's what started the beef. I just think it's funny that he initiated it. And um, we never followed up. No, anyway, God. so she sent snakes to kill him as a baby. If a clee started crying immediately, Zeus like killed them or not Zeus, Hercules killed them. And so like, it was very clear to Amphitryon and his wife, which one was the mortal child and which one was sired by a God. Cause after Amphitryon came home, they kind of realized, oh, oh dang, something went up. Anyway, as Hercules grew, he was very, he was not a good person in my opinion, like he killed needlessly, but anyway, he ended up having a wife 
uh, Megara, and they had, depending on the version, two to eight children. And again, depending on the version, uh, it is agreed upon that Hera drives him mad and he kills his children. In some versions, he kills his wife too, and different versions, he doesn't. And like has a moment of clarity while she's like sobbing because he has thrown their like infant children into the fire. You know, I think Disney should have left that in. I think Disney should have left that in. I think they should have. It would have scarred me as a child. And I think I deserved that. (laughs) But as atonement, he goes to the Oracle of Delphi, who's a very common, prominent figure we see throughout Greek history and mythology and asks how he can atone for this sin that he's done by committing his family So he has some kind of moral compass, even though he kind of, even when he's not driven mad, he has a tendency to just like kill whenever he's irritated. He kind of like a Gilgamesh situation, just kind of like, nobody can beat me. So I'm going to just do whatever I want. So he has to undergo the 12 trials or labors of Hercules. Originally it was 10. And then the king he was put under gave him two more because he was like, technically those two didn't count. So he has to go through these trials. I'm not going to go through all of them because that's not really the whole punishment myth there. That's more of like the epic of Hercules kind of situation of him killing the Nemean lion of capturing the boar. The ones that are important is that he kills the Hydra. And that's one of the ones that's considered that doesn't count because his nephew helps kill the Hydra. So like Hercules cuts off a head and then his nephew like cauterizes it before it can regrow. And so that's seen as, you know, you had outside help. You're supposed to do this on your own. So Shut up. Count. Who cares? Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> the king thing. Have you seen, you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? Absolutely not. Oh my God. Well, for those of you who have, he's like, uh, I want to say worm tongue. I think that's the name. He's the one that's like the creepy little guy that whispers in the king's ear. He, the king is like that guy where he is just like weak and cowardly. And is like, well, that didn't count because. And so doesn't want to like lose Hercules's like servitude. And so tries to give him these impossible tasks to either kill him or keep him in his servitude because he can't complete them. Surprise, he does. Anyway, in one of the myths, he kills the Hydra and then dips his arrows in its blood because it's poisonous. And so that helps him, you know, hunt and kill and protect and all this stuff. But he later uses his arrow to kill Necessus, who is a centaur who were seen as lustful, awful creatures, who was harassing, who may have been Hercules' second wife or just like potential lover, Dianara. In the moment of clarity before he dies, Necessus gives Dianara his shirt, which is covered in his blood, to Hercules and to give it to Hercules if he's ever unfaithful to her. Now, because he's a great hero, there's a lot of women in love with him. There's this other woman named Iole, who is the daughter of Hercules's archery teacher, who was supposed to be his wife. But his archery teacher was like, no, I don't want you to marry my daughter. You killed your first wife. And so Hercules killed her brother. Jesus, dude, come on. Yeah. And so like had to do more atonement for that. But anyway... Dayanara feared that Hercules still had a thing for Aeol and so or that he still loved Megara if she was still alive depending on the version and so eventually Dayanara gives Hercules the shirt and he puts it on and he starts to die because the poisonous blood starts like eating his flesh and so there's nothing he can do he knows he's gonna die so he builds his own pyre and is like okay set me on fire and nobody wants to until a friend who happens to be passing by is like, yo, what the fuck's up? And Hercules is like, please 
set me on fire. And he is like, okay, man, sure. Can I have your bow and arrow when you die? And Hercules is like, yeah, if you'll set me on fire. And so he does. (laughs) And Hercules dies on the pyre and goes to Olympus where he is welcomed as a god and he marries Hebe, the goddess of youth. So he has kind of like a happy ending to his tale, but like he had a very long drawn out punishment and was punished pretty much up until the end, but until he goes to Olympus and marries. And then he gets to live in the big, big heaven on the mountain and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. So I just wanted to share some of Hercules's punishment story. Uh, Another one of my favorite parts of his though, is he has to go down to Hades at some point to one of his like tacked on last trials, like the 12th trial is go retrieve Cerberus from Hades. And so he's like, okay, while he's down there, there are these two other dudes that at some point had gone down trying to abduct Persephone. And Zeus was like, hey, or not Zeus, Hades was like, hey, why don't you come into my house, take a seat, I'll go get my wife. And so they sit down and then they end up bound to their chairs by snakes. (laughs) It's so so ridiculous. I know. And so while Hercules is down there, he's like, yo, that's my friend Theseus. I'm going to help him out and unties him from his snake chair. And he goes to untie the other guy, but then there's like an earthquake to like warn him. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to leave this guy here. (laughs) And so him, his buddy Theseus and Cerberus all head back up. And I think it's really funny. Just imagine being the second guy that you see Hercules come save his buddy who you had helped try to abduct Persephone with and just like, no, it's fine. I'll just be in my snake chair. Well, I have to say that I'm currently playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and none of this happened in the Hercules world. So, (laughs) you know, the jury's really out on that if any of this really happened or not. So, yeah. Well, that was interesting. I liked that. It also just really pissed me off. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm good at. Yeah, it wasn't you. You told the story. Great. You are very compelling. But like, dude, go to therapy. Like, who... they're not even funny because they're just they just make me mad (laughs) like what my my personal favorite is uh just being flayed alive because you're bad at flute right like some of them have a moral like you know don't fly too close to the sun and then he flies too close to the sun like they have a moral great you did to yourself fuck you you're not good enough at flute like what, what what are we learning from that don't be good at something if there's a god out there that's better than you at something or i'm going to skin you alive like i'm in midsommar like what what are we doing punishment might be a bit overdone i think the idea is to keep your ego in check no matter how good you are okay tell that to the god like what i'm on listen oh this makes me i'm gonna take a second calm down decompress Because that pisses me off. I'm so mad. I'm glad I can provide that for you. Thank you. You you did great, by the way. I I loved your versions of it. I just, mm, I was compelled. But Real quick before I forget, my sources were the Britannica.com, GreekMythology.com, and Ranker.com. And I only used Ranker.com because I just like did a quick like, punishment myth search and then it was Mm -hmm. like top 10 top 10 of this and so i just like looked through that to get like the ones i wanted and dove a little deeper right and of course wikipedia ever present in my research 
Well, we are going to take a break and take a few deep breaths and come back and learn about some more Greek punishments, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. We'll be right back. Alexa, play Buster Kneecaps by Pomplamoose. And that's all the introduction I'm going to give. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I thought about that for a really long time and I just think it was great. So in case you didn't really good pick up on my little jokes here and there, I am talking about the insane, apparently insane um, story of Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. And when I say apparently insane, like I know the story is insane, but apparently this was like the media circus like it was insane for like two or three months here where like it was that's all anyone cared about like it was bad and honestly i get it because story's kind of fucked up but before we can get to like i don't know like the you know crazy parts we have to talk about their backstory a little bit so in case you guys didn't know uh nancy kerrigan and tanya harding were olympic skaters in the 1990s so kind of just to go into the backstory a little bit of both of them before we have their, you know, mm-hmm. drama together. So Tanya Harding was born in 1970s, in 1970 in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Oh my God, I can't talk today. Oregon. Oregon. To a very, very blue collar family. She was not, did not have a lot of money growing up. She started skating at the age of three and like her mom would hand sew her dresses and what they always said that she was trailer trash. And the mom was like, mm. we weren't trailer trash. It was a new trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then she also supposedly didn't have the best support system. Uh, her mom was supposedly abusive. The mom, there's actually a very interesting interview where the mom is like, she's like fucking in her fossil age and is like i never hit her i spanked her but that's it oh and my I'm goodness like, okay tanya was like yeah no she beat the shit out of me all the time like i'm not joking that tanya said shit stuff like that tanya said that she got beaten literally every day since she was six she would drag her off the ice rink by her hair she oh would hit God. her with a hairbrush and that was caught on camera at one point oh my god yeah like real messed up she said there was a quote from Tanya that was like, this isn't the exact quote, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but it was like, there was, ever since I was six years old, there was not more than a couple days a week where I wasn't getting beaten. Oh my God. Yeah, so like not great, not a good time. Like I knew this was going to be kind of fucked up. I did not imagine this fucked up. Yeah, I mean, she just had a little, you know, a little tragic backstory. And like, I do feel bad for her. And like, we'll talk about the complexities a little later on, but I wouldn't be too sympathetic for Miss Tanya. No, but like, still, that's nobody deserves that. So, like I said, she started skating at the age of three. Um, her mo- parents, her, well, she's quoted saying her dad worked like th- her parents worked like three jobs to be able to pay for her skate lessons, blah, 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 blah. Uh, She kept competing. She did really well. And then her breakthrough year was when she was in 1991 at the U.S. Championships. So she was kind of like a person to look out for in the skating scene, you know, at this time. But Christy, yeah, Christy Yamaguchi. Sorry, I mixed up Christy Yamaguchi and Michelle Kwan. Christy (laughs) Yamaguchi was like the it girl. Like she was the, I almost said Shawn Mendes. Why am I thinking Shawn Mendes? I meant to say. Shawn White? No, who's the swimmer? Michael Phelps? Michael Phelps. I don't know. Oh my God. What, what, I, listen, tonight's the Met Gala. That's probably why. She's is like it Michael, really? 
Yeah, it's happening. I feel right like now. it just happened. Didn't we yeah. like do an episode rating outfits not that long ago? Yeah, so the Met Gala, they did like a hat. Oh, because of COVID. Ba- they did like a baby Met Gala. Yeah. And now they're doing like they did one like off schedule. Typically it's gotcha. in March or May, but you know, they did one it is I May. think fall of last year because it's a yeah. at the end of the day, October. it's a fundraiser. So I think yeah. they're like, We need money, please. Anyways. <laughs> So at the 1991 U.S. Championships, she was the first woman ever, uh, first, sorry, first American woman and second woman ever to land a triple axle. She was the first woman. Yes, period. Play queen. So she, and there's this really cool video of her. It's the one where she has the blue costume on where she spins and lands and she just freaks out. And it was to the tune of Batman. (laughs) that's rad it was cool and everyone like so she people started you know paying attention to her at that point yeah she got almost perfect scores like she was starting to be seen as like this and this is yamaguchi right no this is tanya this is tanya tanya okay yeah yeah all of this is about tanya i was just saying at that point christy yamaguchi was like the also somebody she was the it girl of skating at the time but tanya was like working her way up got you know triple axel and then, so that was at the U.S. Championship. She got perfect scores, great time. And then at the 1991 World Championships, she placed second. Christy Yamaguchi got first. Tanya Harding got second. Nancy Kerrigan got third. And this is the first time ever at the World Championships that a single country had swept the podium. So this was like a really big deal. Tanya Harding, you know, was like the next Christy Yamaguchi. Insane. So in the way I'm kind of telling the story is that the 1991 World Championship is kind of the convergence point okay. where um, things go south. So Nancy Kerrigan is born ni- October 13th, 1969 in Stoneham, Massachusetts. She started skating at six, won her first competition at nine. She also didn't grow up super rich. Like she also said that her parents worked three jobs. Her dad would zamboni the ice rink in exchange for lessons like you know she wasn't super rich either but she you know was skating all her life as well the 1987 world championships was like her breakout year she got fourth in the junior level but was held back by the compulsory scores and i looked up because i'm like what does that mean yeah they used to have to do like there's two circles printed into the ice and they used to have to do like turns and like skates and like they would judge them based on like how tight and like how accurate the turns were and they had them do like these insane turns around this figure eight pattern yeah i've seen that stuff before yeah they don't do them anymore but she was like always noted to be like a very good jumper but she was never great at the compulsory part yeah she placed bronze at the 1991 championships which you know like i said you know Tanya got silver, Christy Yamaguchi got gold. Then from there, she started getting better. She got bronze at the 92 Olympics while Tanya started getting a little worse. So we went from Tanya Harding being the potential new Christy Yamaguchi to Nancy Kerrigan being, she was the next Christy Yamaguchi. Yes. So Tanya, you know, like I said, Tanya got the second. Nancy had gotten bronze at the 92 olympics while tanya got fourth place so just behind nancy she got silver at the 92 world championships while tanya got sixth and then after that christy yamaguchi retired and who are we gonna pick as the it girl 
the pretty brunette one or the trailer trash blonde uh, bimbo who can't even place on the podium anymore. Yikes. Tanya Harding was not happy about that, let's say. The Understandable. Media, and don't get me wrong, the media was not great to her because like t- Nancy's whole story was about like, you know, hard work and being like the perfect American athlete while Tanya was like this poor trailer trash, like, yeah, you know, Nancy was like, it's like literally like Nancy was the pretty one while Tanya was the poor one. Like Nancy became America's sweetheart. Everyone knew the name Nancy Kerrigan. Like I said, Michael Phelps or Shawn Mendes. She was getting corporate sponsorships with Campbell's Soup, Reebok, Evian Water. And she even had Vera Wang making her costumes while Nancy, while Tanya was still making hers by hand. Oh my God. And like Tanya is pretty much the second best skater in the U S championships right now. And was also very jealous, obviously. And also holds a world record. While at that point, I don't think Nancy did. I mean, I, I kind of know what this leads up to, but I can understand the frustration of always being second best. It's very strong. Never always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And kind also, of energy. Like, where's your world record, Nancy? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, Tanya X. Harding was a damn good skater, too. Like, I've, I was watching videos. Like, she was good. Yeah. It's not like she didn't deserve it. Like, It's just, so... it wasn't her time, I guess. Exactly. Well, and to make it even worse, Nancy Kerrigan, after the 92 Olympics, entered her flop era. Ah. So, she won the short program at the World Championships in 93. But she had a disastrous free skate and she went from second to fifth overall. Oh my God. Just how? That feels like such a big Yeah. She fucked up the free skate real bad. And then even worse. Wait, real quick. What's the free skate? So there's at this, I know now it's long form or long program and short program. Yeah. And usually short program has to have like, we have to have this many of this, this many of this, this many of this, et cetera. It can only be two minutes. Free skate typically is like, you can have a maximum of this, 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 and this, and it has to be at least three minutes long. So usually free skates, as far as I know, free skates are usually a lot more like creative and long. Oh, so they're more like the dancey quote yeah well ice dancing is its own thing now yeah but but they're like the more it has to have a tempo change i know that's a big thing yeah because we looked it up during this olympics and i'm pretty sure it's that free skate has like ceilings while short programs have floors okay that's a way to describe it yeah and like i know the free skate obviously is longer it has you know she fucked up the free skate real bad And this was then even followed by an even worse event. This is a televised event she was doing. Kerrigan fell three times. She botched the landing of another jump. And according to Wikipedia, appeared dazed and depressed. And she lost to 1988 Olympian Karen Kadavi, who is Ukrainian, I believe. Oh, nice. So that is kind of where we lead up to 1994. That was kind of... At that point, I couldn't really find a lot about Tanya Harding other than like, uh, in 93, she didn't, they didn't really talk about it that much. In 92, she got third in the U.S. figure skating champion, even though she twisted her ankle. She got fourth in the Winter Olympics, like I said. She got fourth of the 1992 Skate Canada International. I don't see anything about 93, so I don't really know what she was doing in that year, just having girls time or not (laughs) placing or what. So, 94. 
it's Olympics times again, bitches. And guess what? What? Ugh. Tanya wants to go to the Olympics. Oh, I bet. And also, there is, so I don't know if anyone knows this, but the way that Olympics are typically chosen is that you have your, in each event, there's like, you know, the U.S. champions, championships, and that run like the Olympics. So you go and compete, and then whoever gets gold and silver and sometimes bronze, however many you take for the team, is who goes. So in this case, they take two, the gold and the silver, and then typically the bronze winner of the U.S. champions is going to be your alternate. Yes. So in beginning of January, 1994, we are practicing. Nancy's having hot girl time. She's practicing for her U.S. championships coming up. And then, like, you don't know that you're going to the Olympics, but, like, you kind of know that you're going yeah, to the Olympics. Yeah, like, like, you can kind of judge where your skill yeah. is. Like, she knows others. if, you know, if she good. wasn't first, she probably would have been second. Yeah. So she's practicing for the U.S. championships and the Olympics, and she was just, you know, chilling. There was some news reporters there because, like, they love Nancy Kerrigan, and this was also, I think it was, like, an open-type skate. So there was, like, some, I don't think it was, like, news reporters, but it was some type of cameras. Yeah. There's this, and you can watch this video. She is practicing. She comes off the ice. She puts her little guards on her skates, and she walks into the, like, tunnel area that's covered by a curtain, And then you just hear screams. Oh, my God. And a man uh, came up and took a, quote, unquote, from the video, like a metallic black rod and smashed her in the knee. (gasps) Oh, my God. The video is haunting. Yeah. Because you don't actually see. I'm sure the video is haunting. Like, you don't see her. Don't get me wrong. You don't see her, like, get smashed or anything. And it's not like. No, but you hear it. You know what's happening. You don't hear the bang, but you hear the screams and her screaming, like, why, why, why me? It is haunting. And that's, like, what Katie said. She's like, I can still hear her scream. Because not only, like, why? Because she's like, what the fuck? Why did I get attacked? But also, like, why like all of my hard work just got stolen from me yeah out the window exactly so i'm getting like sympathy pains i know thankfully this did not result in a fracture or a sprain just i don't know how it happened because like that that should have took her ass out yeah it resulted in just a bruise and a limp so she had to withdraw from the u.s championships tanya won Michelle Kwan got second. However, the U.S. team basically said, listen, we know Michelle, we know, or not Michelle, we know Nancy Kerrigan probably would have went to the Olympics if she didn't get her fucking knee smashed in, right? Uh So, like, we're going to give the spot to her and Tanya. And we'll let Michelle be Be the the alternate. alternate. And And Michelle agreed. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, you know, if Nancy was here, I'm sure I would have been third and Nancy would have been first. Like, great. Yeah, I'm sure Tanya didn't like that. Well, Tanya, let's just say when someone asked, like, oh, so, like, you know, what, how are you feeling about the Olympics now that you're going and also, like, against Nancy in this heinous attack? And she said, I'm going to whip her butt at the Olympics. Yeah, you're going to whip her butt because they try, you, they're trying to break her fucking knee. Yeah. However, you know, when you, here's a little tip for everyone listening, right? If you're going to commit a crime, don't surround yourself with fucking idiots. Yeah. Because let's just say the little threads of this case got pulled apart very quickly because Tanya Harding has 
fucking dumbasses surrounding her. So as soon as this happened, this was on like January. It doesn't really matter the date, but it was like, let's say January 4th. And by like January 6th, everyone was already figuring it out. Like it was bad. Yeah. So how this played out, Tanya had a tumultuous relationship with a man mm-hmm. whose name is Jeff Galuli, G-I-L-L-O-O-L-Y. Interesting. Married, separated, divorced, but also we want to rescind the divorce because we're going to work everything out, but actually we're not rescinding the divorce and we are separated, but there's still videos of them after the divorce went through, like having sex. Yeah, gr- Ew. Crazy okay. times. Right. Yeah. And everyone's like, Tanya, girl, what the hell? What are we doing yeah. here? So that was her ex-husband. We found out pretty quickly that the man who whacked Nancy Kerrigan was a man named Shane Stant. Okay. Now, how did all, you know, like you're thinking, okay, how do these all connect? Well, Nora, I'll tell you. I'm assuming he's a friend or another lover. So the attack happened on January 6th. Oh, January 6th. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) The assailant was Shane It was a precursor. Exactly. And who contracted to break her right knee, turned himself into Phoenix FBI by January 14th. Okay. Turns out Shane Stant and his uncle, Derek Smith, were hired for assault by Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, and her bodyguard, Sean Eckhart. And turns out um, Shane Stant is not a very smart man because... He just bought stuff with his credit card and was like, la, 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 I'm buying hotel rooms <laughs> in my name. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's stressful. So. Wait, was it one of those situations where they, like, offered a money reward if you had information and the guy who did it was like, yeah, can I have I the money? It was me. I honestly wouldn't doubt it. So what happened was this article I'm using is on bleacherreport.com. It all started when Stant's phone rang a day or two before Christmas of 93. His uncle, Derek Smith, called to see if Shane Stant would hurt somebody for money. Oh my God. Hey, bro, what's up? You want to hurt some dudes for money? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you want some easy cash? Go break some kneecaps. And Stant said, sure. But can I have more details? And she's like, yeah. And so basically what Derek had told him is that a man named Sean Eckhart called him and now, so we have like a chain of command here because like Jeff Galuli asked Sean Eckhart, the bodyguard to do it. And Sean Eckhart was like, no, I don't want to do that. But yeah. I know a guy. So Sean Eckhart guy. called Derek Smith, the uncle. And he was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. But my nephew, my dumbass fucking nephew will hurt a man, for, woman for money. So we have like a chain of command here. And that's how they yeah. all got taken down. So Sean Eckhart called Derek Smith and said, yeah, so we want you to go and just slice her Achilles tendon. Oh. And Stant was like, I'm not going to do that. That's a little much, guys. Yeah. So they all settled on just injuring the person enough so they could not skate. Instead of, you know, like paralyzing her for foot for the rest Ever. of the you know? Yeah. So the day after Christmas, all four of the boys got together and just had a little meeting. And <laughs> Eckhart... <laughs> The bodyguard was recording all of it. Oh my God. Saying that if the husband, the ex-husband would, you know, 
turned on them or refused to pay. Like I have his ass on video. I have his ass on tape recording. You're going down with me, motherfucker. What a fucking idiot. There's so much drama. So the four men all basically decided that wanted to do it they said that Eckhart actually suggested they wanted to kill Nancy and nobody else wanted to kill her because like what the fuck they decided on damaging her right leg like I said they wanted to hurt her before the U.S. figure skating championships which was scheduled for January 7th if they missed the competition that would basically just guarantee that Tanya would be on the team because Michelle Kwan was also pretty good and you know Nancy was going to be on the team yeah for sure and it's either going to be tanya or michelle so if we just take on nancy it's going to be tanya and michelle which it almost was yeah so they decided okay fine great let's do it we're going to go attack her in massachusetts because that's where nancy is from and that's where she practices so you know they all went their different ways and then (laughs) this is the best part so mr shane stant flew to i don't know where he was from originally i think it was in portland so he flew from portland to dallas oh my god dallas to boston and checked into the hilton hotel his tickets and his hotel were all under his own name (laughs) he then tried to rent a car but couldn't because he grabbed his girlfriend's credit card instead so he he called the girlfriend and said hey babe can you mail me my credit card and she's like yeah so she mailed him his credit card. He got it. Let's see. This would be the 20. He got it three days later on the 30th and then was driving to from Boston to Cape Cod because that's where Nancy was practicing. It's such a and long at the drive. Same time, well, <laughs> at the same time, Nancy was driving from Cape Cod to Boston. <laughs> So then they're staking out this arena for like three days, waiting for Nancy to show up. And she, she never shows up. And then finally he's like, fuck that. Like he literally said, and this is all from an interview with this guy. This is all from Shane Stan. So he is exposing himself here. He then moved his car every 30 minutes. He staked out this place for three days, driving his car to a different spot every 30 minutes. Oh my God. And then finally he's like, fuck it. So he called the arena and said, listen, I have a daughter who really wants to meet Nancy Kerrigan. Like, is she there? And the guy's like, no, she's in Detroit. Oh, my God. For nationals that are in four days. What do you mean? (laughs) So he goes, oh, shit. Okay. Drove back to Boston, jumped on a bus to Detroit using his name. (laughs) And then they went to the arena. (laughs) So after we had our hijinks, Shane Stant was then at the arena on January 6th, he went out and the way that it worked was that Smith was sitting like across the arena from Shane Stant. His uncle was sitting across the arena. Uh-huh. They would, when it was time to go, Shane Stant would, or the uncle would stand up and sit down. And that means it's like go time, times you go bust the knees. Yeah. So the heat happened and then the uncle left to go get the getaway car. The guy, you know, went in, he had a police baton swung at her two hands on the baton connected above an inch about her right knee but he said when he did it he knew that he didn't really do much because a it was like soft where she hit he hit yeah it did not sound like a bone was breaking Ah. and then he ran out the exit door he said that the door he scoped out the door and it was the day before and it was 
unlocked, but now it was chained shut. <laughs> so he barreled into the plexiglass on the bottom half of the door and blasted through. <laughs> like, this is a fucking action movie, dude. <sighs> it's so dumb. And then somebody was like, somebody stop him. And he was like, who? Oh, me? Whatever. So the whole oh point God. of this with Tanya is, did Tanya know about it? Because she said over and over, I did not know about it. No, I didn't know about it. She, you know, said when she was being interviewed by the FBI, like, no, I didn't know anything about it. My ex-husband, but still my lover, I don't, whatever. That's a lot to get the FBI involved in this one. Yeah, oh, yeah, like. the FBI was, I mean, they're Olympians. Like, they don't fuck around. That's fair. So you never know if it's going to be like different country interference. And this is also, by the way, during a huge media circus. Mm-hmm. So by January 27th, it was basically Jalouli had been started testifying and was possibly implicating Harding, even though Harding had been, you know, she was submitted for questioning on January 18th. She was interviewed for over 10 hours. She was like, I believe that Jeff is innocent. I wish him nothing but the best. You know, Seattle Times reported the transcript stating that Harding had changed her story well into a long interview. Mm -hmm. She was denying involvement over and over. And then January 19th, Jalouli surrendered to the FBI. On January 20th, Diane Sawyer asked Tanya Harding on primetime about the case. Harding said, I did nothing wrong. And then, like I said, by January 27th, Jalouli was like, yeah, she fucking knew, dude. Oh, my God. Yes. The woman who we tried to break a woman's knee for knew that we were going to break her knee, obviously. At this point, people are like, I mean, the media is stalking Nancy wherever she goes. Like, there's a part on her Wikipedia page under later career. And it's like on on February 15th, 94, an explicit videotape clip of Harding Topless was shown on a current affair. The New Um. York Post... Like, there's just, like, one time where she's running without, like, shoes on to get to the car because they were um, towing her truck. And she was, like, doing that in that broadcast. And everyone was like, why is this white trash woman running after her truck? Like, <laughs> it was bad. Uh. So, all of this is happening. And holy shit, the Olympics are coming up. And yeah, but where's Michelle Kwan? <laughs> Michelle Kwan. <laughs> So they brought Michelle Kwan, you know, they decided Michelle Kwan just in case like something would happen or if Tanya Mm -hmm. couldn't perform. So, but all this time, the Olympics are coming up. So the, I don't even know what the governing board is. The governing board had met and is like, okay, so what the fuck do we do? Like, we don't have proof that it was Tanya yet, but also like, you know. Yeah, circumstantial. Right. So Tanya then, so like her confession, she never confessed was the whole big thing. Mm. But, you know, like by the time she's going on prime, sorry to go back a little bit, like she went on prime time. By that time, like it was reported that the husband was implicating her. Like I had said, the statement that still lives in infamy is the, at a press conference where she read this prepared statement. And she basically said, you know, I'm sorry that Nancy was attacked I respect Nancy. I had no idea about this plot. She claimed to not know in advance of the plot to disable her. Harding took responsibility for failing to report things about the assault when I returned home from nationals. Failure to immediately report this information is not a crime. 
And, you know, in Oregon's a lot of states, you know, I say that is true. Like the act of concealing criminal knowledge alone is not a crime. However, conspiracy to hinder prosecution is very much a crime. Yeah. When you are part of the conspiracy and you don't tell the criminal knowledge to hinder the prosecution is very much crime. Yeah. So media is still attacking. It is insane. They're like, what are we going to do? So then by February 1st, it's a Jalulis attorney negotiated a plea bargain in exchange for a testimony regarding all involved parties in the attack. In July, he was sentenced to two years in prison and publicly apologized to Kerrigan, adding any apology coming from me rings hollow. Him and the bodyguard both pleaded guilty to racketeering. The guy who did the getaway car and bashed the knee in, pleaded guilty mm-hmm. to conspiracy to commit second degree assault. Judge Donald Launder noted the attack could have injured Nancy Kerrigan more seriously, which is why it was like conspiracy to commit second degree assault. Yeah, instead of actually. Right. So that's all of that. But I bet you're wondering, what about the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> so that was that's just all the legal mumbo jumbo. Now we get into the pretty short here, like the drama part. So... On February 5th, the disciplinary panel for the figure skaters people basically like gathered and they're like, hey, so like she did it, right? Like she did it, right? (laughs) Yeah. They concluded that there were quote unquote reasonable grounds to believe Harding had violated the the code of ethics because she did not fail to report, she failed to report, you know, about a fellow competitor. It was in the FBI transcripts and she was being formally charged with making false statements, conspiracy to hinder prosecution. And they said that she must place a disciplinary hearing. Basically, at that point, they decided to let her still go to the Olympics. A choice. And because Tanya (laughs) countersued the USFA, (laughs) Tanya sued the USFSA to stop her from being banned from the you know competing and they could not solve that before the olympics so they're like fine fuck you you can still go to the olympics but like you know we're still we want to ban you yeah so we go to the olympics february 17th nancy kerrigan and harding share the ice for the first time since this and it is one of it is still the broadcast of the 20 the february 3rd 23rd ladies olympic technical program is the most watched telecast in the u.s oh damn and but even before this though sorry i thought that was the so their practice together was televised they got on the ice for the first time it was insane like everyone was obsessed with this this was like all the news in the media like the will smith slap times 10 (laughs) insane 400 members of the press were there to just watch them practice yeah tabloid event they said it was noted that nancy kerrigan chose to wear the same skating costume at the practice section session that she was wearing when stant attacked her Mm. kerrigan later confirmed that this was deliberate humor is good it's empowering and like i said the program was one of the most watched telecasts in the u.s ever yes so then the olympics happened and Nancy skates, Tanya skates, Nancy slays. Yes, queen. Tanya, however, very much does not slay. Mm. Tanya, right before going on, had her skate break. Oh, no. She, I don't know what it was. I was trying to figure out how it broke, but I think it was a lace problem. 
So she goes out. I mean, you can literally, I watched it, the telecast of her doing it. She goes out on the ice and she's trying as she's tying her skate. I think she had to, it broke and then she had to change it right away or something. So then uh-huh. she skates around a little bit. She goes back, talks to her, ju- her coach, skates around a little more and uh-huh. is like, okay, fine. So she starts, she does one jump and just starts sobbing. Oh my God. Because her skate's not good enough. So she stops skating. She goes over. There's this big whole thing, like 45 minutes pass. And then they're like, okay, we're letting you reskate because you had a skate issue, whatever. Yeah. Well, that frazzled her and she got eighth. Ooh. And Nancy uh, got the silver. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The person I said before was not Ukrainian. Uh, the gold medalist in the 94 ones is the Ukrainian skater. Okay. Oksana Bayul. Hell yeah. So um, that was basically the entire story. <laughs> and honestly, it was kind of one of those, like, you had to be there moments. But, like, also, like, it was, the, apparently the press was, like, insane. Oh, I imagine. And then just to kind of wrap it up, Tanya has, was banned from skating professionally. She had uh, two years as a professional boxer. Oh. Just as a fun little side gig. I don't think she ever went to prison or anything. That's exciting. You know, Grant, in March 2nd, in March 21st of 1994, they indicted her saying that she participated in the attack plot. And they all, like, basically all of them knew is what they were saying. But I don't, I cannot figure Where's out. Where's Nancy how... Kerrigan now? Like, what's she up to? Just chilling. Okay. She doesn't skate anymore, but, you know, just chilling. Tanya is not allowed to skate anymore. Yeah. At least not professionally. Yeah. So, yeah, just a shitty person overall. I mean, I get it, but also, yeah. You know. I mean, it's really, it feels a lot like one of those nature versus nurture things because they both came from like rough ish backgrounds, it sounds like. Yeah. But, like both had very different attitudes about like their lives. Granted, it, it's hard to be a positive person if you're being beaten every day from age birth to like whenever you finally move out. But, right. And just to kind of wrap it up, where is she now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's done multiple interviews. Uh, this was this whole case was a cultural phenomenon, including there's uh, multiple things about this, including like a rock opera. There's oh my god! Move- yeah, I looked it up and I never heard of it. It's called like Nancy and Tanya on Ice or something. Like, come That's on, funny. you couldn't have anything a little more creative. But the big I thing mean, how, was how appropriate, though. Right. I, Tanya was the 2017 film by Margot with Margot Robbie playing Tanya. And it is like, when you do it uh, side by side, it is insane. Like how good, like how well they did it. The attack has been mentioned in a couple songs from my weird Al Yankovic, Barack Obama referenced the attack, giving a 2007 speech in Iowa. Stating, oh my gosh. Folks said there's no way Obama has a chance unless he goes and kneecaps the person ahead of us, does a Tanya Harding. <laughs> and then, what has Tanya Harding done since this, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Multiple interviews, especially when I, Tanya, came around. She was on Ellen. She has still never apologized to Nancy for, you know, like, paying someone to kneecap her. her. Yeah. And ta- Nancy was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, at this point, like, she has her own family. I have my own, like... We're done. Yeah. She has a new husband. She was on the Ellen show. She still skates, practices three times a week. And here's her other appearances section. On August 12, 2009, 
Harding set a new land speed record for a vintage gas coupe with a speed of 97.177 miles per hour, driving a 1931 Ford Model A named Lickety Split on the Bonneville Salt Flats. Her setting of that land speed record was featured on an episode of True TV Presents World's Dumbest dot 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 that focused on record breakers. And then... In April 2018, she was one of the celebrities on season 26 of Dancing with the Stars. Oh my god, yeah, no, I remember that. She partnered with professional dancer Sasha. They've reached the finals of the competition. Harding finished in third place. (laughs) (laughs) Still can't get that gold. Behind Adam Rapon and Josh Norman, which is really funny because, like, the ethical uh, figure skater won there. And then this is my favorite one. In August 2018, Harding was announced as one of the celebrities who would compete in the fifth celebrity edition of, would you like to guess? Mass Singer. No, good guess. Food Network's Worst Cooks in America. Oh my God. Harding, learning under Chef Ann Burrell, won. (gasps) She finally won something besides Biggest Bitch. $25,000 prize went to her chosen charity of St. Jude's, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, ch- charity. That yeah. was a great cause. Don't Is there wrong. a charity for Jude's. people who have been kneecapped? Right, right. And that, my friends, is the Tanya Hardy story. Oh my God. It's just like, I feel bad. Like she, I get it. And like the pressure she was under and always a bridesmaid, never the bride. I mean, you don't kill the bride though. You don't no, like you pay, don't a, you don't pay your ex-bodyguard to hire someone to try to kill you, the bride. No. No. Oh and like, God. I want to know what would have happened at the Olympics if she wouldn't have fucked up her skate and then like freaked herself out and started sobbing. Yeah. Would they have let her won? I don't know. Like, would she have won first of all? And then would they have probably, I don't think she would have won, but she might have at least podiumed or done better. I wonder if she would have beaten Nancy though. Like that, the outrage, I think that place would explode. But I'm surprised she didn't try to like cry wolf and be like, she's trying to get revenge. She's trying to kill me. Like, come on, Tanya. If you're going to, that's why I said, if you're going to do crime, like don't surround yourself with stupid people. Yeah. And also like, you know, if you're going to do crime, like be smarter about it and don't, have your skate break and start sobbing on national television after everyone in America hates you. Yeah. That's where this picture's from. And then it kind of reminds me of the, were you following the Olympics at all this year, the Sochi Olympics? No, I'm really bad about following the Olympics. I usually don't know they're happening until like halfway through. Well, the Olympics, um, this year they there was a russian i don't think it was sochi i don't know there was so the russian state sponsored programs are not allowed to come anymore because they don't stop doping yeah and there was a problem with that this year they have the russian olympics committee and the 16 year old was like one of the best skaters ever blah blah blah, and she was doping and they still let her compete Mm -hmm. but my parents were like they're not going to let her win and I no. kind of agreed with that. Also, she, wasn't, she ended up not being that good anyways because, like, everyone in that stadium wanted her dead. Yeah. Because, like, they... Do good in that kind of energy. Yeah, and, like, it was... I don't really blame the 15-year-old. Like, obviously, it was the adults around her, like, forcing her to take these medications. But, yeah, that's kind of the same thing. Like, if Tanya was younger or something, or if, like, she... Because there could have been a chance she really didn't know. Yeah. Or she was, you know, like, coerced into it or told, like you know, by her abusive ex. She was 20-something at this point. Like, you're an adult. It wasn't like, you know, like, she knew. And she's definitely wrong for that. But yeah, 
yeah, that's the story of Tanya Harding, my, you know, girl boss slay queen. I loved that. However, the only thing on my mind for the last five minutes is, oh my God, what am I allergic to? Because my throat feels so weird after drinking the freaking tropical Mountain Dew instead of the Baja Blast. Screw you, Lincoln Way Taco Bell for messing up my Mountain Dew. No, like my throat feels weird. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Well, good. I've been paying attention, but also the entire time my throat is just weird. I don't think I'm going to die. Well, let's wrap it up before you... uh die live on tape because if you if oh we God, get kevin did you poison me so that way you could be the only host mm-hmm. and if we get audio of that i'm posting it so like <laughs> awesome well nora do you want to tell them where they can find us oh my gosh you can find us on twitter at useless the podcast and then you can also email us at useless the podcast at gmail.com if you have any fun facts you'd like to share with us i didn't look up a fun fact to share with all of you today but fun fact is is i'm apparently allergic to something after thinking (laughs) the past 25 years that i wasn't yeah and if you want to a we're back um you know follow us on twitter like we said email us um best way to help is sharing with your friends and also leaving reviews on itunes and you can also find us on anchor and become a supporter there as well you can give us tips and stuff so yeah super fun i know we kind of slacked for a while but we had we were going through stuff listen we got depression we got the mental illness yeah we were going through (laughs) stuff but we're better now so we're back shut up we're not we're not that's we're not majority of podcasts that do three episodes and stop we're different okay we did more than three. Yeah, exactly. See, we get it. I think we got to eight. This will be nine. I'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Or this my, is eight. My naming is all uh, messed up, so I don't even know anymore. But Are we naming this one my big fat Greek punishment? My big fat useless punishment. My big <laughs> fat useless wedding. Yes. Something like that. So. I mean, there was no like wedding. It was a lot of Greek punishments. There's a lot of marriage. Well, there was a bit of marriage, a little bit of divorce, awesome. some lustful affairs. Well, I have to go study to become a doctor or whatever. And Nora has to go figure out if she needs to go to the doctor or whatever. So yeah. Um, awesome. I will see everyone in the next one. Stay useless. Especially you, Mr. Lithuania. <laughs>